Well, good morning, Rethink Life. You guys are doing good today? All right. Hope you came expectant, ready to receive what God has in store for you. And hey, before we dive in, would you do me a favor and give those that are watching us right now a round of applause and just welcome them into our experience. We appreciate uh, technology and the opportunity we have to connect with people literally all over the world and the opportunity that we have to allow people to stay connected with us as they're out and about traveling. And uh, school starts back tomorrow for all of our students who've been off for, for uh, spring break all week. And so I know they are a little bummed about that, but summer's around the corner. But we are really excited. We've been in a series called My why? And uh, before I share uh, really the third installment, I just want to quickly just share a couple of quick things. Just a reminder as I was listening and watching, watching the uh, Rethink Life news, I'm really personally just excited about our Dream Team party we're having next Sunday with all of our Dream Teamers. Those are the men, the women, the students that volunteer. Uh, we call them the Dream Team. These are the people that work behind scenes, those that even you saw on stage today, people from really just in all aspects of our church who help make an incredible difference. And so we couldn't do it without them. We often say it takes teamwork to make the dream work. And uh, next week, we're going to have a great time as we celebrate and just have fun at our dream team party. And uh, we're going 60s style. So it'll be worth just showing up, looking at me, you know, watching me just kind of rock the 60s pants. So uh, anyway, but it's going to be quite an experience. It's going to be a lot of fun. But another thing too is our Easter invite um, please be intentional about people that you know at work, uh, neighbors that you have, maybe just in your community that otherwise normally wouldn't go to church, but maybe Easter is that one day of the year that they'll say, you know, we need to go to church. And I just think it's one of the easiest invites of the entire calendar year. And so I just encourage you to be thinking about classmates, coworkers, uh, family members, and let's take advantage of that. We have um, some invite cards for you to take on your way out. And we're having um, four services. We have an 8.30, we have a 9.30, we have a 10.30, and we have an 11.30. So it's gonna be a full day. And of course, we're ending it at our 11:30 service at our Lake Nona uh, location there at the high school, and we're having 10,000 Easter eggs for all the families and the kids to go out and do the football field. So it'd be a great, great time. Last year, we literally had. Um, about 1,500 uh, kids, families that were there. It was an awesome, awesome experience. And so it, what a great opportunity that we have. We've been in a collection of talks called My Why. And I think it's important that we understand the significance of what our why is. Everybody has a why. I think the more important question is, do we know ours? Do you know your why? And I think so often people spend a great... Um, chunk of their life with never really discovering the unique purpose that God has given to them. And I think when we understand what our why is, when we understand the unique assignment that God has for us, it gives us great passion to live for. We wake up every day with a sense of destiny and purpose and meaning in all that we do because we know we're fulfilling our why. And so one of the things we've been learning from, uh, kind of a, a, a key, really a key or a theme verse, if you would, in this series is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And I'll read it to you. It goes like this. Paul the Apostle said these words, as for us, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation because I just love the way it captures this thought. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. In other words, we have brothers and sisters in Christ. We have a spiritual family 
who have already gone before us, who have already run their race, who have already fulfilled their why. Now they're in heaven, and they're applauding those of us that have the, the baton has been passed. And so they're cheering us on. They're encouraging us to keep running our race, to keep fighting the good fight, to keep fulfilling our why. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us, so need to, anything that's hurt you, defeated you, a setback that you've encountered. Rather than letting it enslave you, we've got to get rid of those things. Let them go. And we also got to get rid and, and let go the sin, the Bible says, that so easily entangles us so that we easily fall into. So whatever temptations or traps that we are prone to fall into, we've got to let those things go. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out before us. So God, I think it's important that we understand that God has an assignment. There's a race that he has marked out for us. And I think so often we think, okay, God, well, what is it that you want me to do? Well, that's often the challenge of really getting, getting clarity at times as to what specifically God's assignment is, what his will is, what specifically he really has positioned us and equipped us to do in this life. And here's the thing that I, I believe that, that's so vitally important, and that is this. When God created you, he didn't create you and say, okay, now what am I going to do with him or what am I going to do with her? No, no, no. He created us. The Bible says he created us with a, with a destiny in mind. In other words, he had a divine purpose for our lives even before he created us. Ephesians 2.10 says we're masterpieces and he created us to do good works. So he created us for a specific purpose, for an assignment. And one of the things that we often, I think, sometimes uh, forget or fail to maybe understand the importance of is that God placed inside of us what I call an internal GPS system. In other words, we have gifts, we have passions, and we also encounter struggles and God uses all of those things to sometimes bring clarity and focus to what we do best. In other words, there are strengths and there are passions that God places inside of you for a reason. And it's our job to discern what those things are. It's the reason why we have something called Growth Track. We're doing that the first Sunday of each month. And Growth Track is just an opportunity for people to discover their why, to learn more specifically the gifts and the passions that God has placed inside their heart. We have five specific personality types that we kind of unveil, and people can learn specifically what personality type they are, along with the spiritual gifts test. Why do we do all that? Because God's given us passions. He's given us gifts. He's allowed us to experience what we've experienced in life so that we really discover our why, and we can run the race that God has called us to run, and to run with great focus and passion. So we looked at week one, we looked at the prophet Isaiah, and Isaiah taught us that really discovering your why begins by having a, an encounter with God. I believe with all my, my heart, listen, if you, wanted to, if you want to understand what your purpose in life is, you need to understand this fact that you were, listen, you were, you, were, you were made by God and you were made for God, and until we understand that, it'll never make sense to us. So we have to begin with, with having an encounter with God. We gotta look to God, our maker, our creator, to discern what God's will is, what his purpose and what his plan is. And then last week, we looked specifically at the life of Jacob. 
One of the things we learned about Jacob is he had an encounter with God. In fact, the Bible says he wrestled all night with the Lord until he eventually gave up. In other words, he relinquished control. And I think that's another key piece in our journey when it comes to understanding our why. Is not only do we need an encounter with God, but we also need to come to that place where we're willing to let go and let God have his will and have his way in and through our lives. In other words, we simply just let God have complete control. Well, today, we're looking at the mother of Jesus. Her name is Mary. We all know the Christmas story. I mean, Mary, obviously, she was a young girl who uh, had in this moment with God, this encounter with God, and it was actually through an angel that appeared before Mary. And what did the angel say? He said, hey, you're going to have a baby. You're going to conceive, even though you have not been with a man, have not known a man physically, you're going to conceive, and by the way, your child is going to be God. (laughs) That's a little wow moment. And so you talk about a moment with God, an encounter with God. Oh, yeah, she had an encounter with God. But here's the thing that I think she would help us to understand, and that is this, if you take a note, that discovering our why is often found in doing something outside of our comfort zone. Now think about that for a moment. Discovering our why can often be found when we step out of what is known, familiar, and step outside of our comfort zone into the unknown and unfamiliar. Because that's exactly what she had experienced. Here she was, this young girl who had this moment, this encounter with God. God revealed to her through an angel what specifically his assignment was for her. And in this moment, she's beginning to realize, God, you're calling me to do something that I don't know that I'm quite qualified for. Have you ever been in that kind of a situation? you ever maybe felt a leading to do something and you stepped out in fear and trembling because you just really didn't feel qualified or didn't, didn't feel like you had a clue of what, you, what it was you were actually doing, but you just sensed a, a leading to do something? It's kind of like what Michelle and I encountered um, over 18 years ago. We, we kind of measure our time here in Orlando through our son, Luke, because he's 18. And when we moved here from Texas to Orlando, uh, we came here um, with a dream in our heart, but we left Texas where all of our family was, um, both sides of our family, uh, what was familiar, it's all we knew, um, and so that was comfortable for us. It was our comfort zone. We left that, came here, Michelle being eight months pregnant, we had a two-year-old little girl, we had a four-year-old little girl, and we came here with not knowing anybody, and you know, I had never pastored before, I'd been in the ministry for at that time up to nearly 15 years, but had never actually pastored before. So we just sensed this leading, this call upon our lives to not only start a church, but to do it in a city that we just felt a calling to come to. And so we left, and I'll never forget, you're talking about being stretched completely out of our comfort zone. We came to Orlando, and this guy we met had offered to allow us to stay in his house. It was an older home. And so Michelle, being eight months pregnant, um, you know, she was kind of in that final stretch. If you ladies know who've gone through this process, and so she just wanted to kind of just get off of her feet, and she wanted a place to be able to relax, and so unfortunately, this place where we were staying didn't have a bathtub, and so, you know, she was just longing to be able to sit and soak, you know, and she couldn't do it, and so we had 
this, this kind of a rinky-dink shower, and we were um, you know, kind of limited from the standpoint of just how much water came out of this little nozzle. And through that process, uh, leading up to this whole experience of her giving birth, uh, we had an infestation of fleas. We had an infestation of ants. Um, we had... Um, a pretty amazing situation with the electrical system in this place because when Michelle would try to dry her hair, the lights would go out. And so I was always flipping breakers, trying to figure out what the problem was. I called the landlord and I said, hey, I said, every time my wife tries to use the hair dryer, the lights go out. He said, let me ask you a question. He said, is she doing that while the lights are on? I said, well, yeah. He said, well, that's the problem. He said, turn the lights off. I said, turn the lights off. I said, she's not going to go for that. He said, go and just unscrew several of the light bulbs. He said, the, he said, I've gone through this before. He said, just unscrew some of the light bulbs. There'll be enough wattage there to get her to get through the hair drying experience with a couple of lights on. I said, all right, or whatever. So anyway, we go through that process. Then not only that, we actually had all of our furniture, all of our personal belongings that we brought from Texas to Florida. They were all in the garage, and lo and behold, the garage got flooded and destroyed about 80% of all of our personal belongings. And we're saying, God, is this what you have signed us up for? Is this what I said yes to? God, is this your call? Is this your assignment? Is this my why? And you know what he said? Absolutely. Because you're just getting started for what I'm getting ready to do through you. And so what we've often had to remind ourselves with is this. You know, when it comes to what our why is, you know what our why is? You know what my why is? It's Orlando, Florida. You know what my why is? It's the 2.3 million people living in greater Orlando that need the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And how are we going to reach them? We're going to reach them one lost soul at a time. That's the reason why we have one church with two locations. Why? So we can extend our reach, so we can reach more people with the message of Jesus Christ, to fulfill the why, the assignment that God has called us to fulfill. But you know, it's not easy because sometimes it requires us getting out of our comfort zone. It requires us stepping out into the unknown at times with not even a guarantee. It's trusting God in the process. So I believe if Mary were to stand here today I think there are some things that we could learn from her. And the first, she would probably say, hey, whatever you do, don't miss your moment with God. Don't miss your moment with God. And I think that's vital because if we miss our moment with, with God, we may miss the assignment he has for us. We may miss perhaps the breakthrough that he has for us. That's the reason why it's so important that we show up to church every Sunday. Why? Because I believe God has a moment for us. How can he have a moment with us if we're out doing stuff that misses the moment or the divine appointment that God has for us? The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we get into an atmosphere of worship, when we surround ourselves with a spiritual family, brothers and sisters in Christ, and we come with expectant hearts, I'm here to tell you God shows up. We encounter moments with him. That's the reason why we can experience a breakthrough in our marriage and experience a breakthrough maybe in our relationships, experience a breakthrough of overcoming our past or an addiction or whatever it might be. Why? Because we have a moment with God and God does the impossible in our lives. And so we've got to understand that God has a place for that. It's the reason why we talk about serving on the dream team. Why? Because we're like bricklayers. We're laying one brick at a time building God's house. And we all are masonaries. And God has, a, he has an assignment for us. Listen, God can use you to do things that nobody else can do. Or God can use you to do things in a way that allows you to make an even greater impact. 
And the reason why is because we're fulfilling the thing that God has uniquely wired us to do. And so Mary would help us to understand, don't miss your moment with God. And so there are three things quickly that I just want to share with you that I think we can learn specifically from her life. And that is this. Luke chapter 1, verses 28 to 34, Mary reminds us that, hey, our God moments can often seem impossible. Did you get that? Our God moments can often seem impossible. And here's what she encountered. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and, dis and disturbed. Wouldn't you be confused and disturbed if an angel showed up in the middle of the night, woke you up, and said, Oh, by the way, you're going to get pregnant. And oh, by the way, your child is going to be God. It's all going to work out. It's going to be cool. But that's the moment that she had. She had this moment, and she's like confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Like, what in the world is he talking about? And he said, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. And then notice, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. How many times has God spoken to your heart about something and yet your first response is a little pushback. You kind of do what I call the Heisman Trophy. You know, you kind of give God this action, you know. And you're saying, no, 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 God. That's impossible. And God often reminds us that that's what kind of business he's in. He's in the business of doing the impossible. And so it's important that we realize that, you know what? Hey, it's our job to believe and to take action. It's God's job to do the impossible. Listen, with God, all things are, said out loud, possible. So it may be impossible to you, but nothing is too hard for God, the Bible says. So we got to understand that, that listen, in, in, in Mary's case, she, physically speaking, was being tasked. She was being assigned to experience the impossible. And it's important that we understand and keep that in perspective that, that sometimes when we step outside of our comfort zone and pursue something that we feel like God is leading us to pursue, yeah, it can get a little scary because we don't often realize exactly how all the dots are going to connect. It's like I was, you know, we've been, we've been praying through the timing and just the process, you know, of pursuing uh, a permanent location for our Lake Nona campus. And... You know, we, uh, before Christmas, had um, some conversations with some landowners, and there was some land that they had agreed to sell to us, and they still are offering to sell it to us. And so due to the timing, we wanted to get through the holidays, and then, you know, we got with the accountants and going through all the financials and then looking at different banks and going through the process and just trying to get feedback. And one of the things that we have learned is that there are banks that, that are willing to loan us money to buy land, and so we've kind of 
cross that bridge, and we, that's been an affirmation that our financials are strong enough to get a loan. But the mountain to climb is the cash that's needed to go to closing. Just like a house, when you buy a house, you know, they're going to want you know, 10% or 20% or whatever you know, it might be to qualify. And so when you look at a one point, you know, seven or $2 million piece of property, you know, if, you know, 10 acres of land, let's say, that, that, that may cost you, you know, $1.75 or $2 million. And a bank says, okay, well, we want you to bring 30%. We want you to bring 40% cash to the table at closing. That's a lot of money. And so we've been praying through this. We've been setting aside money, and people have stretched and gone above and beyond. But we compare it to where we are cash-wise to be able to get to that point, it's a big mountain. And so we either stay where it's safe or we step out in faith and say, okay, God, if this is what you're leading us to do, then we're going to trust you along the way because we know that you're calling us to step forward, but at the same time, we're trying to be prudent. We want to be wise. We want to do, do, go through the due diligence process. And so it's that tension sometimes of like, okay, how much do I just stay here inside the box where it's safe until all the ducks line up and then we'll step out in faith? Or do we say, okay, God, we're going to go through the process, but there comes a point, God, where you got to be God. There comes a point where we can do our part, but at some point you got to come through and do the impossible. And I think regardless of how that shakes out in your world with things that you're facing right now, you got to realize that at some point in time, hey, there are moments where we have to allow God to be God and do the impossible. I want you to pray for us and pray as a church and ask God, God, what can I do? God, how can I make the impossible become a possible? God, what can I do? How can I give? How can I make a difference to help shrink that gap? Because together, we can make the impossible become a possibility. Amen? Thank you for the three of you who said amen. Number two, the thing I think that's so important that, that Mary would teach us is this. Not only are God moments, do they often seem impossible, but, but, but secondly, when God moments come, you ready for this? Just say yes. Just say yes. And notice what the scripture says. The scripture says in verse 38 in Luke chapter 1, Then Mary responded saying, This is amazing. I will be a mother for the Lord as his servant. And notice carefully her response I accept whatever he has for me. My everything you have told me come to pass. Mary had a lot to deal with. When she discovered her why, when God revealed to her her assignment, that she was going to conceive, even though she had not known a man, she was a virgin. She was not only going to conceive, but she was going to give birth to God what an incredible, emotional, I'm talking about just an overwhelming, intimidating thought that she had to cope with. And yet she said, okay, God, if this is what you have for me, I accept the why that you have for my life. You know, what's interesting is that she had to explain the situation to her parents. I mean, here she is. Most scholars believe she's probably roughly around 14 years of age, a teenage girl. 
She had to go home and tell mom and dad, mom and dad, I'm pregnant. Well, that wasn't going to go over very well. She was engaged to be married already to Joseph. Imagine having to explain that one to her fiance. That obviously was going to go over like a lead balloon. All the rumors flying, accusations being made, judgment, criticism, all the rebuke that she had to endure. And what were the religious leaders going to say if they found out because it was Jewish customs for a girl to be pregnant out of wedlock, they were dragged in the streets and were stoned to death. So here she's processing what it was that God was calling her to do, the assignment that he had marked out for her, the race that he had for her to run. And she's saying, God, I don't know how all this is going to happen. But if this is what you are calling me to sign up for, then the answer is yes, I'm willing to do it. You know, I think it's important for us to realize that, you know what, when God is calling us or leading us to do things that we don't fully understand. That we, sometimes the only thing we have to hold on to is the fact that our hope must weigh greater than all of our questions. Because there are sometimes that we cannot fill in all the blanks. There are times we don't know how to connect all the dots. And that's where we have to trust God to be God and to do the impossible. And then the third thought that I think that she would share with us is this. Your God moment will open the door for God's best in your life. You believe that? I believe that when we step out in faith and we get outside of our comfort zone, I believe that that's when the door of opportunities actually fly open, and that's when I believe God's best is often revealed. Why? Because there's always blessing on the other side of obedience. And that's what the Scripture says in in, in Luke chapter 1, verses 42 and 45. Elizabeth, who is John the Baptist's mom, who was an elderly woman who physically was beyond the childbearing age in a very similar situation, God brought forth a miracle in her life. And so here she conceives at an older age and Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary. So here she's pregnant and Mary, after she discovers she's pregnant, she goes to Elizabeth and (laughs) Elizabeth says, God has blessed you above all women. And your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. You remember Elizabeth, she was the mother of John the Baptist, whom was the forerunner, the one who was to go and pave the way to make the announcement of Jesus, the one to follow, the Messiah. And what's interesting is that in this moment, we find a young girl who has the greatest door, door of opportunity open to her of blessings because now she's getting ready to conceive and give birth to the son of the most high God. So what an incredible moment for a girl who was completely taken out of her comfort zone, who stepped out in faith, who obeyed God, even though she didn't have all the answers to all the questions that she was processing, the fear, the intimidation, all the things that she had to work through, but because she said yes to God, she was able to fulfill her why, and the rest is history. So the question is, what words of encouragement would Mary want to remind you of today because of where you might be maybe the fork in the road that maybe you're standing 
at right now concerning a decision you're trying to make or maybe just trying to get clarity on your next steps as far as your future and your specific purpose. Maybe you're trying to discern, what God, what is it you're calling me to be and do? How can I make a greater impact for you? Well, there are just some closing thoughts that I want to share with you. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to jot these down. Number one, I think Mary would remind us to say, hey, whatever you do, just stay connected to God. Whatever you do, stay connected to God. I love the story in Luke 2, which is often referred to as the, the Christmas story. And, you know, it says that the, that the shepherds, after they had this moment, this encounter with the angels, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And notice, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. While everybody else was overwhelmed and excited by the news, rather than getting caught up in all of the, the hoopla of the moment, the Bible says that Mary pondered, she treasured, she kept all of these things close to her heart. In other words, she continued to stay close to God. She allowed that to be a moment of worship in her heart. She never forgot who she was. She never forgot her why, and she never forgot the encounter, the moment that she had with God, and she stayed connected to him. Listen, I think it's so important that we understand the greatest single thing we can do at life, and, and sometimes in life, is just to simply unplug, get rid of all the distractions. Listen, we live in a fast-paced world. Listen, we are on social media nonstop, looking at this, checking that out. Listen, just so much of our time is preoccupied with stuff and honestly stuff that has no eternal value or significance whatsoever. And I think we ought to at times unplug and get off of Facebook and get our face into God's book so that we can really encounter God and have a moment with him. We gotta stay connected to God. Number two, so we gotta stay connected to our why. We've got to stay connected to our why. In Luke 2, it says these words. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. You know, there were times, I'm sure, when Mary got tired of being Mary, carrying the weight of responsibility, all that she had to go through being the mother of Jesus. But in light of the challenges and the hardships and the trials that she had to overcome and endure, she never forgot her why. I'm telling you from personal experience, there's been countless times in my life as Michelle and I have endured a lot of trials. We've had a lot of challenges, a lot of setbacks, a lot of unexpected twists and turns along life's journey. But I can tell you this, over 18 years of fulfilling the assignment that God has called us to fulfill, through it all, we've never forgotten our why. We've never forgotten the fact that God specifically called us to Orlando, Florida to be the place, to be the mission field, to be the Jerusalem that he had called us to reach with the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, don't give up on your why. Whatever you do, don't forget the why. Why? Because when you forget your why, when you lose your why, you lose 
your way. Don't forget that. Another truth is this. We've got to stay connected to the people who encourage you. The Bible says that after Mary learned of this news, she went to her, she went to her family member, to Elizabeth. And, and in this moment and in this exchange, there was this moment of affirmation, encouragement that the, the older woman, Elizabeth, had spoken into Mary's life. And I love the fact that the Bible says that after this encounter, Mary continued to stay with her for three months. I believe it was during that time that the older one was mentoring the younger one. I believe it was in that moment when the older one was speaking life and speaking words of faith and speaking words of encouragement to Mary. Look at me and listen to me. You need people in your life who can speak words of hope, words of life, speak words of encouragement. Listen, because life is hard. Man, there are going to be all kinds of setbacks and disruptions and distractions. But you need people in your life that you are surrounding yourself with that remind you of that why, that affirm your why, that are speaking hope and life and determination in your heart that, listen, you can continue to run the race that God has for you. Do you have those people? That's why we have what we call life groups. You cannot do life alone. It's too hard. We need people in our lives that can speak hope and truth and encouragement into us. I love the scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 and 25. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Listen to me. God is reminding us we need one another now more than ever. Jesus can come at any moment. But man, we need to stay focused to the task, to the why, to the assignment. We need to keep running the race that God has for us. And we need to encourage one another along the way. Amen? We need that. We need that. And the last thing I want to close with this, and that is we have to stay connected to the bigger picture. You know, Jesus is now, fast forward, 33 years of age, and here he is hanging on a cross, suffering from the beating, the torment, the torture that he endured, the crown of thorns that had been placed upon his brow, beard that had been plucked from his face, the spear that had been jabbed into his side, the nails that had been driven through his hands and through his feet, the mocking, the rebuke, the humiliation, the pain, the suffering, everything that he endured. And right there at the foot of the cross is Jesus. Excuse me, is Mary. She's at the foot of the cross of her son Jesus. And the Bible says... Mary, Jesus' mother, was standing next to his cross along with Mary's sister and Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And so when Jesus looked down and he saw the disciple he loved, which was being, who was John, standing with her, he said, Mother, look, John will be a son to you. And then he looked at John and he said, Look, she will be a mother to you. And from that day on, John accepted Mary into his home as one of his own family. What does that mean? What that means is Jesus is saying, Hey, I've fulfilled my assignment. Mom, you fulfilled your why. It is time for me to go home. It's time for me to 
be reunited with my father. But listen, you're not being left alone. This is the beginning of something greater that I have. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to empower his church. And the church is going to be the church made up of men and women, teenagers, boys and girls, that will be the light to the world, that will spread the gospel, the good news, to the world that desperately needs the message that Jesus came to deliver. Guys, that's better preaching than you are hand clapping right now. I can tell you that. If that doesn't light your fire, then I'm here to tell you, your wood is wet. I'm just here to tell you that God has a bigger picture. He has a bigger plan, and it's bigger than you. God wants you to step out of your comfort zone and embrace something bigger and greater than yourself that has eternal implications. Amen? And that's the assignment he has for you to make a difference for his kingdom and for his glory. We're all bricklayers. We're all a bunch of masonaries. We're building God's house one brick at a time. And so everything you do, just know it is fulfilling the why that God has placed you on this earth to fulfill. Everybody has a why. The question is, do you know yours?